This morning, Matthew chapter 7, and uh, we'll be probably taking the text out of Luke 6, though both of these are the same account. Uh, and most of you are aware of, of the horrible tragedy in Haiti, and estimated now, I've heard reports of 200,000 uh, dead. Uh, 1.5 million injured. When I was in Hawaii, I caught some of the news clips of this. Uh, and it was devastating. Also, there's uh, uh, some personal things involved. I'll share a little bit later with you. Uh, but uh, what began to come out, and I want to read a few uh, statements to you as we view the video. But the, what the crisis was behind the crisis is they had no standards for building construction. Uh, in other words, um, uh, the, um, the World Trade Center, here these aircraft hit the World Trade Center, huge explosion, and, let a, and yet it took about an hour or so because of the construction, many lives were saved. Uh, and so I want to minister, we have a minister's meeting Tuesday, but I want to minister this morning a little bit different vein uh, from Luke 6, but maybe we could view the video uh, clips here, Paul, of some of the devastation. Dead in Haiti after the strongest earthquake to hit the country in over 200 years. The island, considered the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, is said to be suffering a catastrophe of major proportions. Tens of thousands of people are now homeless after the 7.0 magnitude quake and the presidential palace and the UN headquarters are all in ruins. There's been a united plea for international aid, and hundreds or even thousands are estimated to have died in the tragedy. If I could go ahead, if I could have a little light, I'll read something to you. That's the presidential palace. Natural and human caused catastrophes provide stark evidence that construction codes save lives. During hurricanes and earthquakes, most structures built. Uh, to appropriate codes continue to provide safety and shelter to their inhabitants. Uh, U.S. engineers have blamed lax building standards for the devastation in Haiti, where a powerful earthquake brought buildings crumbling to the ground, trapping thousands beneath the rubble. The quality of construction in Haiti, even in buildings that are supposedly engineered, construction is not good at all. Uh, president of the Board of the Directors of the Earthquake Engineering Research Institute, Tuesday's earthquake, brought down buildings great and small from shacks in Shantytown to the presidential gleaming white national palace where a dome tilted above the manicured lawns. Hospitals, schools, the main prison collapsed, the capital's Roman Catholic Archbishop was killed when his office and the main cathedral fell. The head of the UN peacekeeping mission was missing in the ruins of their organization's uh, multi-story headquarters. Over 400 policemen at least died um, when their headquarters collapsed. It's very evident, both naturally and spiritually, standards save lives. I want to read the text to you this, this, this morning. 
in Luke chapter 6, if we could have the lights, please. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. When the floods arose, the streams beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Matthew 6, 46, uh, uh, or Matthew 7, 24, I'm sorry. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat, on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain descended, the floods came, winds blew, beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall. Father, we come this morning by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, give us understanding that you have codes, God. You have standards, and these, when applied, have the ability to save human life. God, moved by the Holy Spirit, help me to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You and I are called this morning to keep the standards. This word standard, it means a moral code, something to stand on, something to stand for. In other words, it, it reflects a degree of excellence A standard can be a scale to be measured by or a requirement. It can be a fixed weight. You hear the term gold standard. In other words, an authorized measure that determines the quality or the value of something. In other words, standard is a code to measure quality. This means this word to judge or gauge something to see if it's real. Or if it's true, can it be trusted? Can it be relied upon? Is it dependable? In other words, a standard, uh, whether it's a building code, whether it's the Ten Commandments, um, uh, whether it's in your life, um, it has a moral quality to it. It means to be made of the right stuff um, uh, where when the pressures of life come, it's not going to crack. um, It's not going to come apart and fall. There's some Bible words for standard that come from the same root meaning. One of these is integrity. This means you're incorruptible. In other words, integrity says, I'll not violate this code of conduct. Psalms 25, 21. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. In other words, he's saying this word integrity or standard, um, it has the ability uh, to preserve me. These buildings could have been preserved um, if the concrete um, had had the proper standards uh, and code. Psalms 41, 12. As for me, you uphold me. And my integrity, again, here's the picture. You're not going to fall. These buildings fell, collapsed, all of that. Integrity has the ability to sustain and hold over time. 
It's to mean this word to be ethically sound or complete. The picture of integrity in the Bible is a picture of scales. I should have some old scales. I should have brought them this morning. My mind's not functioning too well. In other words, um, uh, what they did, they had these scales. You've all seen them. Um, uh, and there's like this triangle normally, and there's these scales. Um, and they had government-registered scales on this side. Say it was a pound or ounces. Uh, uh, you've probably seen these. Mine has a bunch of little weights that come with it. I picked it up somewhere in the world. Uh, and on the other hand uh, is where you put your goods or silver or gold or grain or whatever you're measuring. And so what integrity meant was this, this weight, this measurement was true. In other words, what merchants would do is they would shave some of this weight off um, uh, where it said, uh, say, one pound, uh, but it really only weighed about 12 ounces or 11 ounces. Uh, and so they would cheat you, and, and it was called, it was corruptible. This word standard um, is a picture um, uh, to be measured by the word of God or a blameless uh, or a scale with integrity. Job, this was Job's thought in 31, Job 31, 6. Let me be weighed on honest scales that God may know my integrity. Job goes on, you know, in chapter 2. Uh, the story of Job, all of these crises, children taken, uh, livestock, servants, uh, uh, fields, grain, uh, uh, tornadoes, all kinds of things. Um, and he's now covered with boils. His wife comes up to him and she said, why don't you curse God and die? Do you still hold fast to your integrity? What she's saying is... After all that's happened, are you still going to be true to God? Are you still going to hold fast um, that standard or that moral code uh, that has committed you to God? Belshazzar and Daniel, you know the story. They've taken these utensils out of the house of God. One night there's a drunken orgy, so they decide they're going to drink from these. Um, and so they bring them in, uh, and a hand comes on the wall, part of a meeny, meeny, tikal, you farsum. And this in Daniel 5, 27, this word tikal uh, means you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. And before dawn came, they'd overrun his kingdom and his life was taken. But my point is, um, uh, this has to do with the word integrity. Another word is banner or flag or a standard. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Now, to understand what a standard was, was a flag. In other words, when the, if you were in, in, in a war... Uh, in those days, the way you moved your troops with, was with banners or flags um, or standards. And so the enemy's coming in like a flood over here, and you want to call troops, troops that are loyal, troops that are true, troops that have character, troops that will rush uh, into the heat of the battle. You lift this standard and you call these troops um, uh, that are, you can depend on them. They'll come to rescue. They'll come to fill the breach God said when the enemy comes in like a flood you need to call on me I can raise up a standard I can call heaven's angels and I can come and fill that place and secure your defense a standard 
faithful. This picture of this in my mind is in 9-11 when everyone's fleeing the World Trade Center. And you probably saw some of the video. Here are these fire, firemen. They're going up the stairs. Of course, all the elevators were shut down. They're going up when all the people are coming down. That's a picture of a standard, they, a moral code that we're called to risk our lives to save other people's lives. And many of them did lose their lives. Um, but it was so amazing to me. They're going up. Uh, they're going up the stairs. These other people are getting down as quickly as possible. Sometimes they're carrying hoses. They're carrying axes. Um, uh, they've got water. They've got oxygen. They know people are trapped up on the top. Um, and that, again, is a picture here of this standard. Um, uh, Psalm 60, verse 4. But you have given us a banner to rally to. All who love truth will rally to it. Then you can deliver your beloved people. Use your strong right arm to rescue us. We used to sing a chorus many years ago. It's also out of the the Bible. His banner over me is love. In other words, the love of God compels God. It's a banner that waves um, and we can cry out and the love of God, just like God so loved that you and I were in sin. We were broken. We were disgusting. Uh, uh, We were ungodly and unholy. But the love of God waved this banner and Jesus Christ came and gave himself to die for you and I. Again, is this word standard or integrity or banner? There's another word that's uh, critical, and it's landmark. And what this does is it sets the limits. It restricts things from coming in that should not and protects uh, things behind uh, the landmark uh, that belong to us. A reference point that sets a boundary. In other words, there's a standard, a landmark. I'll not cross this boundary. And I'll not allow other things. Your house should have landmarks, reference points. There's things that are not allowed to come across the threshold of my home. This is my dominion. This is where God rules. Um, And this word again, um, uh, it says this, Deuteronomy 27, 17, Cursed be the one who moves his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say amen. Proverbs 22, 28, Do not remove the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. In other words, you must understand there's standards, there's moral standards for your eyes, your marriage, your mind, your home, your ministry, the house of God, and hell will try to move those because hell understands if it can move the standards or cause you not to put up standards, lives will be lost. Lose dominion. Loss of life. And this is a casual generation. Compromising. I've had people tell me, Pastor Campbell, your standards are too high. We see it in schools. They want to grade on a curve. We see it in the sports world today in many places. The NBA, they finally had to lower the hammer because uh, their standards had got so bad a number of years ago and they're bringing it all back now and trying to resurrect it and etc. Our own government... 
Wall Street. The whole credit, you know, the, the housing market, the economic disaster, the credit crash, you know much of what contributed to that is they did away with a bank code or a standard that had been established for hundreds of years concerning loans. When you went in to get a loan, there was a, a bank code um, or a standard to get a loan. One, you either had to have, um, uh, you had to have uh, 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 money, you had to have collateral, you had to have something to support the loan. Either you had other property or you had stocks and bonds. Um, uh, you had something, uh, equity. Uh, you had something, savings. You had something that could kind of secure that loan, especially if there was a crisis, you got laid off or etc. You had some collateral. The other thing that was a code of conduct was you had to have income. Can't pay for something if, you're, if you don't have any income. You had to have some kind of down payment. Many times that was called your collateral. You'd saved uh, or you had other property. You put that up as collateral security on, on the home you were buying or whatever. A and you had to have a job or income. The problem was is they did away with all of that. They were giving people's loans uh, that hadn't worked their whole life. And then they wonder why it collapsed. So praise the Lord. That's another story. For years the church had a standard. And sad to say in these days, that standard again in many places is being compromised. In our text, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't keep these standards? We could talk about very easily the Ten Commandments here. These are God's moral code for living life. If you apply these, God will bless you and help you. There's standards for your marriage. Husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Wives, submit unto your own husband as unto the Lord. And so we have to ask this man. Um, he, he, Jesus said, a man who does not build his life um, or what you call, uh, he calls his house. Um, uh, we could call say the house of God. Whatever. If you don't build with some kind of standard or code, you risk losing everything. I quote Haiti. Contractors were complaining it costs too much to build. They wanted a less strict code. Every time we sacrifice safety for monetary gain, we're hoping that a disaster doesn't strike. One reason he built on sand was the cost. One reason we have a tendency to want to build our Christian life on something other than God is we don't want to pay the price. It costs to dig deep. It costs to lay a proper foundation. In our text, but he who heard did nothing. is like a man who built a house on sand on the earth without a foundation. Let me ask you, how are you building your Christian life? We're having a ministry meeting Tuesday. How are you building your ministry? Let me ask you, how are you building your marriage? How are you building your home? How are we building the house of God? You want to build on the cheap? Cut every corner? In the construction world, there's terms, time and material. 
They talk about labor cost. They talk about time and material, quality help. Time is money. Just get it done. I remember when the housing boom was here, they were hiring guys because there was so much money to be made. Had, had, didn't know what a hammer was. And uh, guys here, very skilled guys here, they would tell me, Pastor, you don't believe this guy I'm working with. And someone here, I'm not going to say who it was, they, they bought a house. and We used to have Charlie Foss. He was our building, he was our code inspector. Uh, uh, I got a house uh, 10, 11 years ago and had him come over and look. Some other people did and he'd go through and some of the windows would be like this. The door, it would take a, a, a James Martinez backhoe to close the door. It was so out of plumb. Uh, I mean, the walls, you could look down the walls and, you know, and, and is unending. Um, and, uh, and the problem is, um, uh, many times, um, is they want to build on the cheap, the quick fix. One man, he's going down. The other man's going up. And no doubt it looked, you know what was amazing? Here's the presidential palace. I don't know, did you see that thing? I've been to these third world countries. It's amazing. People live in shantytown, but the president. I mean, this, this cologne, huge columns. I mean, white, beautiful piece of architect. And so I wonder when they're building, it looks beautiful. It's going up quick. It's gorgeous. Uh, in other words, here's a man. Uh, uh, he's building a house. But he's building it cheaply. And in the beginning stages, friends may come by and say, man, wow. Man, this thing's going up quick. Whew. Look at that. He said, yeah, you won't believe the deal I got on it. And I, got, I cut a deal on this one. I was in the Philippines many years ago, Davao City. Dave Marks was with me. He's out of Canada. First time he'd been to the Philippines, he wanted to buy some pearls. And uh, I'd, I'd been there a few times. I bought my wife some pearls, beautiful pearls. She still has them today. They were quite cheap. Um, and so we're there at Davao, and uh, Dave Marks is from Canada, and he's talking. This guy's out in the water there. He's standing out in the water, and he's going to sell Dave these, these pearls. And, and Dave handed them to me, and he's looking. I mean, beautiful strand of pearls. I says, the problem is, Dave, I've, I've, I've been here a few times. Let me test them. And, I, and the thing just <laughs> crushed like a piece of popcorn. And what they do is they, and, and you know, it's anywhere in the world, you know, not just the Philippines. We got pastors from the Philippines in our fellowship. But they, they inject, uh, they inject uh, some plastic into the, the oyster. And it just coats it a couple of three times. Uh, uh, but the real thing takes years. See? But they, it just coats it two or three times. And then they string it together. And just to look at it, it looks great. Um, but when you put any pressure on it, it cracks. How are you building your Christian life? When some pressure's put on it, is it going to crack? Looks good. 
In other words, I wonder these houses, um, you see one of the problems um, is just to look at it, it wasn't immediately, if you would have been in Haiti, no doubt if you're down in Shantytown or something, you'd say, yeah, these are going to fall. But you're looking at some of these buildings um, and they look strong. Listen to Paul, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. We're God's fellow workers. You're God's field. You're God's building. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid a foundation and another builds on it. Let each one take heed how he builds. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear. The day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know you are the temple of God? The Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. The temple of God is holy, which temple you are. In other words, Paul says, listen, when we, he's likened again, these people would have understood um, when you're talking about building your Christian walk or your Christian life, when you're talking about building the church, he's talking about building the church. I laid a foundation. He said, let everyone who comes along be careful. Beware. Be, be uh, uh, very, very concerned on how you're building. Let me ask you, how are you building your marriage? Your children. You have sons and daughters, many of you. Because, you, you know, when they get born, they're, they're like a piece of, if I could use the term, like a piece of clay in your hands. We know God took Adam, formed him uh, from the dust of the earth. But, you know, when that child comes into this world, the slate's pretty much clean. And then you begin to form. You begin to form moral code. You begin to form uh, standards. You begin to put things into them as they grow up that one day when the crisis of life comes, uh, uh, when the storms blow, they'll be able to stand. Matthew thirteen forty five. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. And when he had found one pearl of great price, he sold all that he had and bought it. See, we're not talking about something cheap. Listen with me a few more minutes. Both of these men were builders. Both, no doubt, had plans of some kind. Both worked. Both knew he should build. Both had a house. Everyone here has a life. And outwardly, you may look very much the same, but the difference was the foundation. The difference was what you couldn't see. Verse 48, he dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. The other, without a foundation. Let me ask you, what are you building the foundation of your Christian life on? Are you, it said one man built on sand. Are you building on the sand of your flesh? Are you building on the sand of this world? Are you building on the sand of pleasure, the sand of emotions, the sand of wealth, the sand of talent? 
Are you building on the sand of entertainment, the media, the movies, DVDs, whatever they have today? Listen to me. If you build on the flesh of this world, somewhere, if you're not very fortunate, your house will collapse. You can build that way or you can build on truth. You can build on prayer. You can build on the word of God. You can build on being faithful. You can build on God's commandments. You can build most of all upon Jesus Christ who is the chief cornerstone and the Holy Spirit. Do you have an internal code of integrity? Do you have a standard in your heart. Pastor, it costs too much. It takes too long. It's too hard. Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourself on holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Do you do that? Or do you just build your... You build on gossip or you build on whatever the latest thing that comes down the pipe. Or do you build on faith and prayer and the Spirit of God? Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. Who are you? Who do men say that I am? One said, you're the Christ, the Son and living God. Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. What are you building on this morning? Very simple message. Trying to get you to think. Uh, My wife was telling me that the new Mercedes um, has sensors that when you begin to fall asleep or you begin to weave a swerve on the road, it'll wake you up. Have you heard of that? I mean, you know, I, I, I know they make some better Volkswagens today, but I drove some Volkswagens. I pushed them more than I drove them. And if you're, some people love Volkswagens, God will love you if you love them. We had one of them little bug looking ones. You can see me and Connie and Brad and Gail in that thing. And I tell you, I, I shot him. <laughs> dead, junkyard dead, man. Finished, finished that Volkswagen. But I'm telling you, it didn't have anything to wake you up. It could barely wake itself up. See how much you pay for it? I think about 200 bucks. <laughs> my point is, my, my point is, listen. Uh, the is known for quality. They have standards that speaks of something's value and worth and ability to last. Connie's um, uncle uh, was here a few years ago. He and his wife come down uh, just about every winter. And uh, he, he has a Mercedes. Uh, and uh, he had some businesses up north and sold them all. And, and so he had a bad accident here. And the tow, I mean, demolished that Mercedes. They went to the hospital. Nothing really wrong with them, though. And the tow truck driver said, 
I've seen this. You know how you know how we are here. The yellow light in in most states, uh, you'd start turning. Here, there can be 50 more cars doing 75 miles an hour go through the yellow light. If you're a winter visitor, I encourage you, fear for your life. <laughs> but uh, he did. He turned. Boom. Do you know what the tow truck driver said? Said, if you hadn't have been driving this kind of automobile, very possibly you would have died. See, standards are designed to save lives. What are you building on? See, it wasn't just how they built. It was where they built. It said one was wise and one was foolish. That word foolish in the Greek says one was a moron. (laughs) And he called him a moron because of where he built. The location is critical. Every year. You see houses sliding down some cliff. We got some here. You know why? They built too close to the edge. Nothing wrong with the house, but it's where they built it. Let me ask you, are you building your life too close to the edge? Are you living? You're you're living close to the edge. Edge of sin. Edge of temptation edge of things that at one time you would run for your life, but you're living too close. Listen, if you're not careful, you can have done a fantastic job building, but you're too close to the edge. It wouldn't have mattered. He built in sand, and the thought again is some kind of, of riverbed. Where are you building? Lot, look where he built his home. Genesis 12, verse 11, Then Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. Lot journeyed east. They separated from each other. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, pitched his tent as far as Sodom. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. Let me ask you, Dad, where are you pitching your tent? What's your choice? He could have had the finest home in Sodom. But the location was going to destroy him. See, we have codes here. This is why these young people, when they're dating, I tell them over and over, never alone. Now, why why do I say that? I'm just some old, you know, uh, antique And I don't want you to have any fun. No. The reason I say never alone, because it has the ability to save your life. That's why I say that to you young people, these people dating. And I know they get mad at me sometimes, and I hear, well, you alone! (laughs) But you see, the issue is, here's a code. And that code came from seeing people's lives destroyed. Very simple. A child can understand that. How different Moses than Lot. 
we have a few realtors here, and there's a term in real estate, location, location, location. And that's true spiritually. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, avoid the very appearance of evil. Moses, Hebrews 11.27, he forsook Egypt, refusing to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Lot chose Sodom. Moses chose the people of God. Who are you choosing? You say, well, we're not living in Sodom. Well, listen, if you listen to all, I'd say 99% of the media, maybe 90%, I don't want to say everybody, but I'd say 90% of the media is Sodom. You don't like it, we can fight later. Uh, but you just think about it. I mean, uh, television, the movies, uh, the music. And, and you can, oh, you can, you know, Lot didn't say immediately move there, but he ended up there. And if you're not careful, why do you say that, Pastor Kevin? Why do you, you don't want to listen to worldly music? And some, see, because it has effect up here. There's things up here that begin to crumble. I mean, how would you, how would you uh, 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 view me? Uh, you got in my truck out here and uh, turn on the radio. <clears throat> say you wanted to borrow my truck or something. And turned it on and here's boom, 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 boom. You hoes, hoes, hoes. And I mean, just... <laughs> You know, and, and uh, 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 I mean, and, and beat your wife till she can't see and, and rape 27 women and drink 18 gallons of vodka and, and then go watch porno. I mean, what, what would you, what, what would you? But what about your standard? Do you want to go to the same heaven I want to go to? Oh, you're a preacher. Aren't you? You're supposed to be the priest of your home. You're supposed to be a testimony of God. Do you have any standards that you've embraced and made your own? I'm not said an unclean thing. Job. You know why Job had integrity? He said, I ch I'll not look on a handmaiden in a wrong way. The videos, the movies. I fly all the time. And, uh, you know, it's so boring. Once in a while, I just, but just to look at them. They're, so, they're not only unclean, and they, they censor them. They'll, their lips will be moving, and there won't be any words coming out. It's funny, you know, and but I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I, you know, I can, I don't even have to hear. It's so simple and, and stupid. Some of them are so dumb. No wonder they go broke. I could talk about sexting and all kinds of stuff.
Lot chose Egypt, Sodom, Gomorrah. Moses chose to leave Egypt and to choose to be with the people of God. Standards are designed to save lives. Haiti. This provides stark evidence that construction codes save lives. Standards provide safety and shelter to their inhabitants. See, you know why God called this man wise? Because wisdom prepares for the future. Wisdom understands that disasters are possible. You see, standards are not designed for when everything's wonderful. Sunny, balmy, cloudless, perfect day. Standards are designed to secure and hold you. A seatbelt in your car is designed not when everything's... It's designed for when you have a wreck. And take a rocket scientist, amen? Well, same with God and moral code. Standards are designed. This man went down to the foundations, built on the rock, and many years it's going to stand. They're designed for catastrophe. Earthquakes, tragedies, trials, temptations, storms of life, crisis. See, if you've built your marriage right, listen, every marriage, somewhere you'll have a crisis. <coughs> Except Connie and I. <coughs> <coughs> Ever marriage, somewhere there'll be a strain. There'll be a crisis. And that's what the standards made for. Your kids, it's the same. The economy. You live long enough, things happen. Things happen. I mean, there can be sorrow, knock at your door tomorrow. You don't know. Dave Johnson, Dave and Angie Johnson in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I spoke with him. He called me when, when all of this happened. And his niece, uh, their nephew by marriage, was in, they were in Haiti, and a cousin. They're, they've just finished their education. They went through their Lutherans. Uh, they went through the University of Nebraska, I think. And they're there. Uh, they're there kind of like in a missionary role. And what happened, they were in one of these buildings. The building collapsed. Their niece was able to free herself and her cousin, but her husband. She could hear him singing church songs. They couldn't get to him. She ran to the embassy, her and her cousin. Couldn't, no, no taxis, no, tra- no, no available transport. And they pleaded with the embassy, and the embassy said, there's nothing we can do. There's so much tragedy. There's nothing we can do. We advise you not to go back. They went back, got back to the same place. She's calling for her husband, calling for her husband, calling for her husband. He never did answer. She's back in the States now, and they've still not recovered the body. You know why? Because of a lack of standards. Hell, listen, hell will come at you sometime. 
He'll come with a crashing blow. Wise men build to last. They build a life, a Christian life, a house. They build it to take the stress and the pressure. You know, I could have some tools up here. Some of you guys like tools. You could, I could have a set of buffaloes, wrenches. I could have a, some of you laughing already. <laughs> you know where I'm going. I could have a set of craftsmen. I could have some snap-ons. The buffalo, you could, sometimes if you, get, you can buy the, a whole set for what one snap-on would cost. But you know why? When you put any torque on them, they either strip or they crack or they split. They're not made of the quality to stand pressure. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you're going to make heaven your home, talking about your marriage, your children, your life, ministry, there's going to be pressure put on you. Mark it down. If you're made of the right stuff, you'll not strip. You'll not crack. You'll not splinter and become useless. Once those, once those sockets and various things, once they do that, they're useless. Might as well give them away or throw them away. Well, what would you call yourself? That's the reason we have standards for ministry. <clears throat> when people get in ministry here, we ask them to be faithful in their attendance to church and Sunday school. We ask them to be faithful to the music scene and outreach and prayer as much as possible. We ask them to put an internet filter on your computer so stuff don't just pop up and grab you. We ask them don't go to movies in the cinema. Don't rent movies and today your cell phone, laptop, PC, I don't know what all. We ask them to support the church in tithing offerings. Maintain a good Christian testimony. Be accountable to headship. But most of all, build your life on Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You can say, that's too hard. Well, things of value, things of quality, there's a price to be paid. Job survived all he went through. Listen to his words, 27.5. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I will hold fast, will not let it go. My head shall not reproach me as long, or my heart, I'm sorry, shall not reproach me as long as I live. It was a way of life. Jesus Christ, the cross is before him. They're going to crucify him. Where do you find him? You find him in Gethsemane praying. You think that, you know, okay, there's a crisis, I better pray. It was his manner of life. Is it yours? Is it yours? It's not enough just to have building codes, and I close. They have to be enforced. Haiti is a reminder, I quote again, of what can happen when there are no building inspectors. Too many bribes and too much corruption will cause them just to turn to blind eye. Brad, our son, um, our resources, 
uh, built a church building in Mitchell's Plain, Cape Town, South Africa. Brad was the general superintendent on, on this building. He said, Dad, we built that entire building. Never once did an inspector or an engineer come out to the site. Wade was there. He got in on the concrete. Joy of his life. Uh, he and Betsy flew over to help. Great blessing. But Brad said, Dad, they'd bring concrete look like soup. He said, if I hadn't have been there, he said, I made them dig the footings down where those steel pillars are going to be fastened. I made them dig them down. If you looked in these videos, you couldn't see any rebar, no steel, no nothing. And you read all the articles, and there's a, there's, there's a chemical you can put in concrete that when earthquakes come, it flexes, kind of like a coat hanger. None of that. And so it just, it just, because the right chemical wasn't there, they collapsed and loss of life. Listen to me. If you'll put godly standards in your life, if you'll have a moral code, when the hurricanes from hell come, when the earthquakes of life come, when the 9-11, when some enemy from hell wants to fly a missile, the Bible talks about fiery darts into your marriage or into your soul or into your heart. Listen, you may take the hit, but you'll survive. You ever wonder why some people can take a hit and, and it looks lightweight? You think, nothing. They, they, that ain't no, they'll just blink and go on for God. And they stay there forever, get bitter, twisted, kinked, on and on. And someone else can take something, just, just explode. And you're thinking it's just going to shatter their Christian relationship with God. And, and you're just waiting for the fall. And they just kind of do this. <sighs> Praise God. Hallelujah. And, and you're, you're, you're watching them. And, and they become stronger. What about you? Listen, the reason we have standards fellowship-wide, these, these that I read to you are fellowship, and part of my job is to enforce them. But your job is to make them personal. How are you building this house you call your life? I ask you to bow your head with me.